Thank you, Leslie. I was utterly captivated by this passage of scripture. It is just so amazing. Yeah, Vic, if you'd want to pull the PowerPoint up, that would be wonderful. Kind of hard to know where this fits in the whole resurrection narrative and story. I think as I try and piece things together, you've got the women and Mary Magdalene. They're the first to the empty tomb. And um, Mary doesn't recognize Jesus until the point that he calls her name. I mean, that is utterly amazing. But actually, the first people to preach about the empty tomb were the women, weren't they? And then it seems like this story comes next. And then when they get back to Jerusalem and there's all the disciples or the remaining ten because Thomas was out of the room at that point they say that the Lord has appeared to Peter so somewhere along the line either before Jesus is walking on the road to Emmaus or immediately afterwards Peter is the first to get the full revelation of Lord Jesus Christ and then as I say they hurry back to Jerusalem so they don't stay in Emmaus overnight they hurry back the ten are there in the room minus Thomas Then if you read John's Gospel, you'll find that later on, Jesus, well, soon after that, when Thomas is with them, Jesus then appears, and that's the point at which Thomas makes the amazing proclamation, my my Lord and my God, which says it all, doesn't it? Encompasses all of it. And then if you know 1 Corinthians 15, that's the passage you want to read about the resurrected life and about the resurrection, it says, Paul appeals and says, then he appeared to over 500 people many of whom are alive at this time. So the suggestion is, if you don't believe me, you can go and talk to more than 500 people who will say that they've seen the risen Jesus. It was so validated. That's what turned the world around, turned it on its head. The first thing that fascinates me is Jesus walking with them and them not recognising him. I'm going to say more about that in a moment. But you can picture the scene. They're sorrowful. Their eyes are downcast. It says they stopped with their heads downcast. You can imagine them crying. You can imagine the trauma of the last few days, really. It says they didn't recognise him when Jesus came alongside them and walked with them. And that's the first bit that struck me. Even though they didn't recognise him, Jesus walking with them. I wonder how many times in our life Jesus has walked alongside us and we haven't recognised it. I guess the answer to that is all our lives, isn't it? Because we don't, let's be honest about it, particularly as Christians, we make out that we feel God's presence all the time, but we don't. There are times when it's really hard, and you're walking only by faith, not by sight, because for some reason your sight fails you and you can't see him. But this is footprints, isn't it? This is the ultimate footprints, as I was there walking alongside you and I was carrying you. It's interesting, my mum's funeral was just over a year ago, and my granddad, my mum's parents, were lovely West Coast Scottish people. And there was an old song, which I won't attempt to sing to you, but I'll walk beside you, I'll walk beside you through the world today when blooms and flowers uh, bless your way. And it's about how, you can't quite tell if it's Jesus or if it's the partner that they've chosen for life who walks beside them. The answer, I guess, is with my grandparents, it was Both Jesus walking beside them. And in a general sense, God is walking beside us all. In a very specific sense, he promises to walk beside Christians. Jesus said, I'll never turn away anyone. Anyone who comes to me, I will never turn them away. I will never leave you or forsake you. His last words on earth were, I am with you till the end of the age. 
But I want to say that generally, God walks beside all kinds of people. You'll know they have all kinds of stories of how things have happened in their lives. That doesn't mean they're the finished goods. doesn't mean that we are. But generally, God is there. Jesus is there, particularly walking beside you as a Christian. So why don't we recognize him, eh? Why didn't they recognize him? For some reason, he was concealed. The first point I'd like to make is perhaps he was concealed because of where they were at, because of them. It's not the whole story. There's some sovereign work of God going on here, but perhaps because of they were. They were. Perhaps Mary didn't recognize Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane because of the tears in her eyes. So it's only when she heard the voice. In the end, you've got to hear God calling you by name. You know? Maybe the tears in their eyes, certainly the trauma of the last few days, maybe, let's put it in current terms, maybe their mental health meant they couldn't feel the presence of the divine. Note, that doesn't mean the divine wasn't there. But our spirits are shrouded within our bodies, which are enclosed with our minds, and if your body's broken and if your mind is broken, sometimes you don't feel the greatest reality of all, which is the presence of God. So maybe it hung from them, their tears and their trauma. It's true that brokenness and hurt can keep us from seeing the greatest reality, which is the love of God, for a while until he breaks through. Maybe their preconceptions stop them seeing Jesus. Now, this is really true, because when you get to verse 21, they still had the age-old issue that people have nowadays that they think that really what God's going to come and do is do what we want. We had hoped, verse 21, that he would be the one who would come and redeem Israel. They were thinking military victory. They were thinking kick the Romans out. They still were. You know, the, the, on resurrection day, three days after he'd been crucified, they were still hoping for a military redeemer. And the thing about God is if you have preconceptions, he will love knocking them down. Every time you build up a stack of cards, a deck of cards, a house of cards, I've got it sussed. I'm 21 now, I know all about God. <laughs> Woomph. 30, Woomph. 40, 50, 60, 61 this year. I am still learning. God seems to take great joy in blowing our minds and blowing our preconceptions. And here's the thing I want to say to you. If you're too rigid and you're putting conditions on God, you may miss him. Yeah? I'll believe when an angel shows up. You reckon, do you? You reckon it's in his mercy that God doesn't have an angel showing up for you. You would be dust. Oh, Jesus said, I'll take Jesus. That's even worse. Excuse me, that's not the right term. It is a dreadful thing, Hebrews, to fall into the hands of the living God. For our God is a consuming fire. Sometimes God does not show up in the way that you want is because of his mercy for you, unless you just want to go like this. He always blows away our preconditions, our preconceptions, our expectations. It's also possible that they didn't recognize him because of the fact that he looked different. We can't work out when we die and are raised from the dead, because that's what Christians believe, how much of the original material God uses and how much of it is new. And they couldn't either, because, oh, it's a ghost, it's a ghost. Jesus says, no, this is not a person without embodiment. I am embodied. I am what you will all be like at the end. Has anyone got any grubs? So he eats a bit of broiled fish. So there'll be continuity, but discontinuity. And it's possible, actually, that the only wounds that Jesus had, the only blemishes at that point, were the ones in his side and in his hands. The age had gone from his face, all the 
Now these, what do they call them, these brown spots? What's this? These brown spots that appear on your hand when you get older. What's going on? You know? So maybe they didn't recognise him because of that. Certainly he was rejuvenated and so will you be. You will be recognisable. There will be continuity, but there will be discontinuity. I'm claiming Elvis's voice and Arnold Schwarzenegger's body. Because there's... That's, that's the way it's going. I know you think that I'm already there, but I'm telling you, I'm not quite... But here's the really, really jammy thing. This passage, um, oh, I want to just say, when they had preconceptions about what he looked like, have you realised that this is what's spoken about in the end of Mark's Gospel, Mark 16, that bit that we're not sure about because it's not in all the earliest manuscripts, but it's a general rehearsal of all the things of the church. It says, then Jesus appeared in a different form to, who, who were, to two who were out in the country, in a different morphe. Oh, my word! What's that, then? I don't know. I have no idea. But maybe they didn't recognise him because he looked slightly differently. Maybe they didn't recognise Jesus because of him. When you read this text, it says, but they were kept from recognising him. It's passive. It, it was done to them, unless this is the way there is something in the Hebrew Old Testament and in the Christian New Testament, there is something called the divine passive, where everything is spoken of as if God did it because it's going to be used for God's plan. That's why in the Old Testament you cannot find how much is God sending things or God allowing things. It's part of the Hebrew language. Wish I could go into that, okay? You can't differentiate in Hebrew language or theology about whether God is allowing something or whether he is sending something. And we in the New Testament know a bit more. God doesn't send storms to smite people, does he? But in Hebrew language, God has to send everything because it is the divine passage because God is using it to work his purposes out because ultimately he is totally in control. Sorry if I lost you there, it really doesn't matter, but I found it interesting, and you know I lose you on half of the stuff. But the fact is, they were kept from recognising him. Why? Maybe this is the kindness of God, maybe this is him not wanting, um, maybe this is overload protection. So he hides himself for a while so that they won't be blitzed, for once of a better term. But I want to ask you the question, does God ever conceal himself? Do you think God ever plays hide and seek? Does God ever treat them mean to keep them keen? Because that's what it seems like in this passage. When they're going to Emmaus, he makes that, oh, I'm not going with you, I'm hanging back. Does God ever conceal himself? What do you think? Just ask yourself that question. Well, he was certainly concealed in the Old Testament, because what is concealed in the Old Testament is revealed in the New Testament. Yeah? Okay? How about... Parables. Parables are God concealing himself. Why does he conceal things? Why did Jesus talk in parables? Out of his mercy, so that people wouldn't be blitzed, so that people might seek him. How about this? As the greatest concealing act of all time and eternity, God comes to earth and is born as a little baby in a manger. Yeah? God conceals himself so that you might seek and he might be revealed. Are you with me so far? Well, why does he do this? Why, why do you play hide-and-seek with your kids? Oh, so I can get a rest. <laughs> yeah, it's true, isn't it? Hide behind the curtains. You play hide-and-seek with your children so they will grow and they will learn and so that it's fun 
and so they will seek you and they will find you. It's the same with God. He doesn't conceal himself from us. He conceals himself for us. Okay? This is why he says, seek and you will find. This is to make them seek and do the work themselves. Isaiah 45 says this, Truly you are a God who hides himself. But Isaiah prophesied about the one who is to come, who would reveal himself. How about this? Proverbs 25 verse 2, It is the glory of God to conceal the matter. It is the glory of kings, you, to search it out. The angel rolled the stone away from the tomb for our benefit so that seekers might seek and go in and find. So he doesn't hide from you, he hides for you. If you seek, you will find, and this is the incentivization going on here. Actually, I need to repeat that. If you seek him, he will find you. (laughs) Do you notice the subtle difference? Philippians chapter 2 verse 12. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to achieve his purpose. You seek, he will find, we are co-workers. So what do you do if you don't feel God, don't feel Jesus? You keep walking. You keep walking through all the changing scenes of life in trouble and in joy. The praises of my God and King will still my heart and tongue employ. Yeah? And you seek. And when you can't find him, that's when you seek more. When the curtains are closed on a stage and it's dark, the longer the darkness, the longer the curtains are closed, the more the scene is being set behind there for you that will be revealed to you at the right time. But you do not give up. You don't stop walking and you wipe away the tears and you don't stop worshipping with God's people. The thing I'm noticing now, this is a good few of our friends, they're still walking with God. They're not going to church. That's fine until the stuff hits the fan. And that's fine until you're 16 and you ask, why don't my children want to have anything to do with God? It's because they haven't developed the rhythm of walking with other people. So sometimes you go to church for your kids' sake. That is honourable and that is acceptable. And you go where the life is because the kids and your family are the most important things. You join with others to catch fire. I want to say that when God feels absence, it is really, really hard. I'm not trivialising this at all. But a pity party won't help anyone. What you do is you worship as well. Because actually, worship in the valley is probably the most valid worship that you've ever done. Oh, I didn't feel anything, right? And Nathan, bless you, mate, your voice. <laughs> I think on the last song, just we'll carry them, okay? Because I know you've got a throat virus and so on. But if you, and worship is more than singing. If you can worship God with your life when you don't feel a thing, that is true worship. It's a sacrifice of praise, isn't it? And when you don't feel anything, you need to realise that you're in good company. You also need to realise it's not the end of the story and it wasn't here. So, Jesus is concealed so that he might be revealed. I want to say three things now. This here speaks about a process. Do you notice the process of revelation that happens in these two people's lives? It was exactly what happened to me, but for them it took one day. For me it took a whole year from realising that God was with me to having my heart warmed through truth to actually to my eyes being opened. And I need to say something about this because we're all in process, we're all journeying, aren't we? We're all walking. 
So there is a process for all of us. For all, God walks beside us. For everybody. Think and ask yourself, what was the evidence of God in your life before you became a Christian? For me, it was my Hillman Imp and my Austin 1300 Countryman, because we had man's cars in those days. The things that I loved about the Hillman Imp is if you hit a car in front, don't worry, you've always got the petrol tank in front of you to protect you. You've got the engine that's going to shove up behind and so on. But um, I remember working on it, David, you'll get this, underneath with one of these lamps, which is basically uh, an incandescent bulb with filament and wires from the good old days. And I'm getting the thermostat off, and it goes like this, my hand knocks the, the, the lamp off onto me like this, and the water starts pour, pouring over me. And I think, I was an electronics engineer. I know the effect of electricity and water. In fact, I've had so many electronic shock, electric shocks in my life, it probably explains like I, why I'm like I am. <laughs> and I remember thinking, I'm going to die. Well, the glass broke because of the temperature change, and these, these electrodes were on me. And I thought, I didn't die. There is a God. The other occasion was when I was in my 1300 countrymen, because I was a DJ for 10 years, Temptation Discotheque, okay? Coming back, 2 a.m. in the morning, I remember exactly where it was, near Stansted Airport, and I was driving without due care and attention, and basically I went, whoomp, straight through this hedge, onto, I wasn't a Christian, okay? Onto somebody's garden, locked out, four wheels grinding, spinning like this. I thought, there's a wall coming, and we stopped just short of the wall, and I got out, went, oh, kicked the tyres, got back into the car and drove off. I never told them about it. <laughs> and actually, it's then that I started shaking, and I remember thinking, oh gosh, it's, I'm, I'm lucky to be alive. And when I became a Christian later on, I realised the hand that had been on my life all the time, which has been active on yours, it's prevenient grace, is the theological term for it. God is there before you are. Somebody looking after you. The unbelievers have an understanding of God. Actually, some of them have gotten more faith than we have, because they're saying all the time on site, everything works, everything happens for a reason. And I think, it's not quite as simple as that. But actually, when you don't know God, you have to say that to make sense of the pain and of your life. But God is at work in their life, and he's walking beside them. He loves them. That's point one. But it's not enough. And it's not the end of the journey. The second bit here is when their heart is warmed within them, when they gain understanding. Point, that was for me when I was sitting working on a microwave project at university and I looked, I'd built something, I looked out of the window, I thought, made something maker when I looked at the way the world was. And I realised that there was a plan and an order to things, that entropy did not dictate absolutely everything. This is when your mind is enlivened, you start to perhaps understand a little bit of the Bible. I went to a Bible study to keep my friend here quiet, because he was being a right pain. It was Hebrews 12, and I remember thinking, oh my goodness, that is astonishing. Did I want to have anything to do with it at that point? No, I didn't. So it's good if you understand that there is a God and he's got a plan for your life and he can save you. But it's not enough. It's not the end of the journey, is it? It's the next step, but it's not the final step. The final step here is when a mystery happens and Jesus breaks the bread to them. Now, I, was asked, I had to research this. I was thinking, was Jesus breaking the bread something unique? We know that Jews give thanks to God. I've got Eli. Eli is one of my good friends who is a Jew, and he says, 
you know, Baruch Ata Adonai Elohim Ha'olam Hamotzi Lechem Minha. I only know a few words in Hebrew, but it sounds good, doesn't it? Blessed. Baruch means blessed. I know that because it's also a word for praise. Adonai means Lord. And so they, they bless bread. And I want to know, do they break it? They do break it. They do break the bread. So what was unique in what Jesus did? Was it the fact that they saw his hands for the first time and they saw holes here or here? It wasn't the fact that the bread was broken as such because, remember, Jesus' body wasn't broken, it was given. No bones of his were broken. So I think what happened is that is the point when they recognised him and realised that his sacrifice paid for all of our sins and all of the things that we have done wrong. Many good people, and actually many religions, believe in the forgiveness of God. Christians understand how and why. This is the lamb who was slain for the forgiveness of everybody's sins who wants it. And then it says, their eyes were opened. And I want to tell you, that is the last part of the journey. Now, after that, you might go back to walking without feeling him much, but there's a point in which the blinkers come off and you see, I once was blind and now I see. And that's kind of a work of you saying, I recognise Jesus. That's kind of a work of God in him revealing himself to you. But it's a necessary part of becoming fully embraced by God and knowing that he died and gave his life for you. Up to then, it is theoretical, it is distant. At this point, it becomes personal that Jesus Christ gave his life for me and I am forgiven and I will have a resurrection body like that. So where are you at in your journey? I guess it applies to those of us who are Christians as well. But maybe you're not a follower of Jesus yet and you need to understand his sacrifice for you and for the world and you need to accept it and have the blinkers taken off. It's an encounter. It is eye of It's why us Christians in church sing these strange love songs to the almighty, all-powerful creator of the universe because we know him like a father and we know him like a brother and we know him through Jesus Christ our Lord. It is the most amazing, amazing thing. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And I would say for you, we don't know where you are at in your journey, the best way of getting phase two, which is the understanding, is Alpha Course. Yeah? And it's also the best way of getting stage three, which is your eyes opened. So just want to throw that out there because we do Alpha lots here, don't we? Let's pray. Oh, blessed are you, Lord God, King of the universe, who gives us bread, who has brought forth bread from the earth, and who has given us the bread of life that you break over us. Jesus said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this and remember me. Break thou the bread of life, dear Lord, to me. Put your hands over us and over this congregation and break the bread of life above us so that the crumbs might fall on us and we might receive Jesus and our eyes might be opened.
we might see him and love him and know him and know the almighty, eternal, all-consuming God through him personally. Blessed are you, O Lord God, King of the universe. Give us the bread of life this morning and help us to grow in understanding and help us to know that you walk beside us no matter what we feel, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.